Welcome to episode 16. In this episode, I want to talk about emotional abuse and what it actually is and the tools the abuser uses to tie you up in their invisible chains. You won't get closure from them, so it's really helpful to understand what and why you feel the way you do and understand what comes next and the healing that needs to be done for you. Welcome to the Mind Fuckery podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth, author of Finding Lily and the A to Z of emotional abuse. I'm here to remind you that love should be unconditional. Divorcing emotionally is life-changing and that you have a duty of care to yourself. Each week, I will discuss some of the terms you may hear along this journey and I will help you understand and process what's happening. I will help you find the best habits as you start to take back the control of your own life and learn the tools to heal on a deeper level, becoming the best version of yourself. Emotional abuse is insidious and the definition of insidious is proceeding in a gradual, subtle way which is with very harmful effects. Unlike physical abuse, the damage caused puts you in a state of confusion as you had no idea this abuse was taking place. And like Chinese water torture, it happened very, very slowly and it turned you insane. Well, it definitely turned me insane. And through my own healing journey, I know the damage emotional abuse leaves in your life. It's physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and what a lot of people don't talk about is financially and how hard not only to walk away but to recover from this abuse. It is. This was a game. And what I realised was, when I realised or recognised what was going on, I saw the patterns and I started to, however I was dealing with it, um, I wasn't comply, but I started to change my behaviour to meet the criteria. Those uh, rules were changed again. It's like somebody changing the goalposts. And emotional abuse is described as a pattern of behaviour where one person uses fear or humiliation, guilt, manipulation to gain power over another. And a lot of my earlier videos on YouTube, they all said this is about power and control. These relationships are about power and control. And unlike physical abuse, emotional abuse goes unnoticed. The damage it causes, it puts you in a state of confusion because you have no idea it's taking place. And like this Chinese water torture, it happens slowly, it turns you crazy. They chip away at your self-esteem and you begin to doubt your perceptions of reality. And they use so many different tactics to gain power and control over your life. And finances and you're manipulated into believing that they're actually protecting you when in fact they're actually abusing you and through the cycle of abuse which is made up of the three elements of idealization devaluation and discard each one carried out with precision they manipulate you they create these invisible chains and once they've tied you up drained you of everything created chaos and causes de- cause destruction throughout your life, they walk away without backward glance, or the majority of them do. I do know women and men have walked out of the relationship and they move on to their next source of supply. And it doesn't necessarily have to be romantic if they haven't actually secured someone, but they're about to be either removed from the uh, property or something else is going to happen. They're going to be unmasked or something's going to be revealed. They will make an exit 
and they will get their source of supply from the people surrounding them as they play victim. So you might be at the point trying to understand um, what happened. You might be trying to uh, label the abuser and your head might be swimming with all sorts of different information that you're now finding out, different terms, different names, different words, different language. That's what I discovered. I realized it was like a, a completely different language. Your abuser is so empty inside and once they've sucked the soul out of you, they leave. You have possibly experienced idealization where you were the center of their world. You were told how amazing you are and they showered you with gifts, meals out, days out, whatever it was that was their thing. Over a period of time, you notice this change. Suddenly, the things that they loved about you, they decided to turn against you. And their words of idealization actually become words of criticism and put downs. And you might have experienced a discard following this. It might have been temporary where they came back with the attention that you got used to at the beginning of the relationship. So you might have side relief, you, it's all over, it's okay, um, the world has been restored back to normality. And you may have vowed to yourself you wouldn't let this happen again. They have one goal and that is power and control. You will be in their life until you are no longer fit for purpose. And that could be a short period of time or a long one. When there's enough enticement and a nice new shiny toy appears, off they go. And it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It can be friends, family, someone at work. This was a game and you weren't given the rules. And if you worked them out, if you saw a pattern and you started to change your behavior to work within the restraints or restrictions within that relationship, they changed the goalposts, they moved them so that you had no idea what was going on. And the aim of their, from their point of view in this game is to bond you to them. And the purpose of that is so you don't reject them. Their fear is to be abandoned. The trauma bond is designed to trap you. It has invisible chains holding you in the relationship so you're unable to move or escape. You're lured there by their fakery and you're held there in this invisible prison. They have the key, but they will never give it to you. Even when the relationship is over, they don't want you to have control of your life, take back the power. You still will be able to provide them with some form of supply. It will be a lower grade, but there will still be the opportunity for them to get supply out of you. And they might pop round to do a little bit of hoovering. So that could be actually physically popping round to see you, or it could be just checking in via a message or a phone call. They, they just need to check you're okay. Or they might have realized they can't live without you, or they're hurting, or they need you. They don't want you to go through this alone. And the list goes on. What have you been told? And if you're wondering what's going on because you haven't received that hoovering, then uh, don't panic because the reality of that is that you hold too much information and you could expose them. So they could need to keep you as far away as possible from their new supply. You might have seen the red flags, but you were t given such a brilliant explanation as to um, what was going on or the reason behind them doing something or they persuade you that it's your fault that they were doing this thing that they've been caught doing. And they put you in a full sense of security. You find yourself very quickly in quicksand. You can't get out of it. You're stuck, you can't move. 
and you find yourself in a devaluation stage where they criticize you for absolutely everything and this is when maybe that the red flags go up and if you say anything they'll tell you that you're too sensitive or it wasn't meant like that they were only joking and you believe them because you want to because they're so very convincing and they idealize you again they take you back to the idealization stage and you believe that they are true and that this is what they want we develop bonds for survival in childhood it's usually with our caregiver the person and this is our foundation of attachment so this could be um, a parent it could be somebody very close when this safety is threatened in some way we turn to that person for support and protection and trauma bonding is one of the reasons it's so hard to heal from toxic and emotionally abusive relationships because the damage caused puts you in a state of confusion as you had no idea the abuse was taking place. And the term was actually developed by Patrick Carnes who describes it as the misuse of fear, excitement, sexual feelings and sexual physiology to entangle another person. And there's a bonding that takes place in all relationships but it's this particular type of bonding because it's one-sided and it's really easy for them to walk away because they don't bond with you, you bond with them. So when our safety is threatened in some way, we turn to our tribe for support and protection. And it's these bonds that be, can be created within ours. So if you think of team building exercises and scenarios where they use these techniques to help instill trust in others, they take you away and you go through, it might be a day of survival or it might be a week away i've done a few uh, of on management courses and you, you're put in a a situation that's unnatural and you create these with these people that you may never have met before or you might just say hello to in the office but by working together and having to understand and work through different scenarios you build these bonds really quickly another one is when people experience traumatic situations so I remember watching um the film is it scully i think it's called where the um plane came down on the hudson river and there's a clip at the end of the film and and it's actually the pilot talking and he says something along the lines of you know we come together and forever we'll be bonded because it's it would, had never happened i think it was the first ever plane that successfully landed on water without any deaths and these people were holding each other's hands and they were standing on the wings together and waiting for the boats to come and rescue them and they were helping each other and guiding each other out of the plane those bonds will be things that happen because they've got this really strong connection through trauma and this is exactly what happens in these relationships you end up with this really strong connection and this happens when we spend time with people when we make love to them when we have children together you're bonding with the emotional abuser and this allows them to gain power and control over you so during that idealization stage they've positioned themselves as the caregiver they showered you with the attention gifts days out whatever it is that there's that is their thing and then they start devaluing you with these put downs. They might triangulate you. They love that one and gaslight you. So you maybe rationalize their behavior, believing they actually care for you because if they did, they wouldn't be doing all these nice things for you. Nothing makes sense. The actions and their words don't match up. So when the relationship ends, you're wondering how you're going to survive. 
And trauma bonding is what makes it really hard to enforce boundaries around them and why it's so painful to stay away from them. So after getting you addicted to a cocktail of hormones through their love bombing, they start to introduce situations where you're releasing stress hormones, the fight, flight, form, freeze. So this is done with their slight put downs and creating drama and manufacturing your emotions. When they threaten your safety through their bad behavior, you turn to them for help and protection. You rationalize their behavior, believing that they actually care for you. And this is creating further bonding. And another reason you felt so connected to them. So when the relationship finishes, your stress levels are so high, you've experienced so much fear, and you can't imagine your life without them. They, on the other hand, play victim, and you'll very likely believe this is all your fault because they've been telling you this right the way through the devaluation and discard stages, and the pain that you're in now runs deep into your soul. Now, how do they do it? They use things like alienation. They keep you away from your friends and family. They can't risk somebody telling you that this is an unhealthy relationship or that they're toxic. So they'll make up stories. They'll feed you with information, making you question the relationships and making you wonder whether you really can trust these people in your life. By using the tactic of alienation, what they're actually doing is wanting you to hand over the power and control of your life they want you to believe that they, the, they are the only person that you should trust. And once you're hooked, they will bait you. The baiting is used to gain an emotional response from a person. It's usually in the form of an angry or aggressive or emotional reaction. Normally, an easygoing person, you find yourself experiencing emotions that are foreign to you. During the idealization stage, they encouraged you to share your insecurities and you may remember they shared the same ones at the end of the relationship they know what buttons to press they might use belittling techniques putting you down and these put downs are masked by this fake friendliness it might be they're offering you words of advice and these are designed to make the abuser feel better about themselves actually making them feel more knowledgeable they may have used belittling tactics during the devaluation stage. And these are designed to knock you off the pedestal that they'd placed you on. And they use this technique to make sure that you're more invested in the relationship than you are in yourself. They blame shift, which is a tactic to disguise their actions, taking the focus off their behavior. They can't take responsibility and they shift the blame onto you or to another person. If you hadn't done something, they wouldn't have had to do what they've done. You might experience circular conversations where these, where these arguments go on endlessly and you think you've come to resolution and, it's, and they bring it up again. This is all about power and control. If you've experienced it, this wasn't about understanding. It wasn't about uh, compromise. This is wearing you down till, until you come in. And you've got coercive control, which is a pattern. So this isn't an individual uh, or isolated event. This is a pattern of events that are carried out through forms of threats, humiliation, and intimidation. Perhaps you saw their fake tears. You, know, you found them crying over a situation. And again, this is all about manipulating your feelings. They're the victim. 
or the future faking this usually takes place during the idealization stage you're listening to um, them and you're creating a future what they're actually doing is they're listening to your every words they're watching your every move they're possibly stalking social media they're finding out what's really important to you and they're creating a future that isn't going to be real it's never going to come to fruition nothing about the future is real their stories around it are so believable though and you create this together so you think as part of this bonding that you're working together and that they really want to spend their life with you and that you really are the only person that has ever understood them you believed it and you probably gave up so much of your self you stayed in the relationship possibly far too long and it's like that proverbial slot machine you know person standing at the slot machine they've invested so much of their money and yours would also be not only financial money you've given up so much of your soul of your personality of your energy um, of everything friends family and to walk away now when that future just like that dangling carrot is there and that it's like the slot machines you've invested so much money at some point there is going to be a payout only the reality is that the house always wins and they are the house one of the better known ones is gaslighting which is a way of distorting another person's perception of reality making you question your sanity and your memory uh, they do that so covertly uh, another one is one of the favorite ones is triangulation where they can create jealousy we all experience some form of jealousy throughout our lives but this is manufactured and it causes emotions and attachments and it's used to gain power and control that's that word those words again over another person it causes confusion and it causes and it's part of the trauma bonding and mind fuckery and you believe you're going crazy and they then blame shift and tell you that this is all your fault and you have trust issues another one is masking they, they use these masks so they pretend to be a person they're not they've got a very fragile inner self and they project out a different person so they've listened to you during this idealization stage not only to understand what's really important to you but to create a persona that they want you to fall in love with so that that when you hand over your power and control those two words again they can step in and you're attached to them really really quickly and when they let their mask slip so you will see during the relationship their masks slip over a period of of time but when they actually let it slip down what that actually means is that you're not supplying them any longer with the attention that they need um, they have drained you of everything perhaps you've run out of money or you have run out you can't support them in the way that they used to it might be that you can't provide them with attention and somebody else turns up who has more finances that has a, a bigger home or a higher salary or newer cars this is all that they're interested in is what somebody can provide for them what somebody can do for them and they might use things like mirroring which allows them to manufacture a relationship where you have so much in common and you share the same hopes and dreams and you have the same insecurities and you're told that you're the only person that's ever understood them 
they're mirroring all your amazing qualities, all the things that they have that are missing in their life, the empathy, the caring for others. You've got this beautiful soul that they are lacking. You might have experienced their narcissistic rage. So we have seven stages of anger, but they go from zero to seven in an instance. And this is a perceived threat to their self-esteem or their self-worth. There are two types of rages, explosive and passive aggressive. And the explosive rages are aggressive outbursts, which could be verbal or they could be physical. With the passive aggressive rages, the narcissist withdraws into a sulky silent treatment as a means of punishment. This rage is usually the result of childhood trauma or an abandonment wound. And the unmet needs of the child meant that they're unable to master critical emotional development. Another thing they do is objectification, which is um, where they see you as an object. In fact, they see everything as an object. Every person in their life, they have got no emotion. It's used, the terms used to describe how an abusive or toxic person views and treats another person. So if you've experienced objectification, you were not seen as who you are. You are not seen as a person who has rights. You're seen as an object and you belong to the abuser. And you might have been denied the right to make decisions for yourself. Uh, you might have been not addressed or introduced as a person. Objectification causes you to lose your self-worth. In families, it might be that a parent sees their child as an object, encouraging the child to pursue activities to gain the parent attention, as in the golden child. They have no regard for the child or their feelings, it's what they can do. So they might brag to friends and family or anyone who's gonna listen about how amazing their child is and what they've done. And this objectification can continue after the relationship is over where the abuser fails to let go of the control. It, it might be that they're difficult to divorce or they still have control in the way of your finances or it might be particularly hard if you've actually finished the relationship. And you might have experienced shaming, uh, which is a painful emotion caused by the belief that you're inferior, inferior or unworthy. We have three core wounds and that's the fear of abandonment, shame and betrayal. And this is big. Being shamed by someone, it's a way of them diverting the attention from their own bad behavior and projecting it onto you. They bring up your insecurities and it's a way of them hiding their own insecurities and pushing the attention onto you when it's they themselves that are experiencing shame. And the emotional abuse can continue after the relationship is over with a smear campaign. In fact, Actually, a smear campaign can start before the relationship is over. The definition of a smear campaign, because I do love a definition, is a plan to discredit a public figure by making false accusations. Now, all you need to do is take out that word public figure and replace it with your name. They're designed to ensure that the abuser looks like a victim. They create stories about the terrible things that you've allegedly done or said. 
They want to punish you. And as they can't take responsibility, you're the problem. This might have started before the final discard. So as they're planning their exit route, they might create a smear campaign for the their flying monkeys, for their entourage around them. It's where they create these false accusations about you. Now, some of them might be true. You might have trust issues, but they won't tell the uh, the entourage, their flying monkeys, exactly what's going on. They will create a scenario where the victim in the whole situation. And nobody questions this. It goes through, of course they must leave you. So when that point comes and it's all getting too much for them and they can't live with you anymore, it's they're supported by the entourage. Of course you have to end that relationship. Of course, how can you live in such awful conditions as this? And there you go. So your smear campaign set up, it creates the, it's the perfect disguise for their exit out of this relationship that only months before that they were parading around on social media or telling all their friends how amazing this was. Uh, what they're actually doing is creating a perfect smoke and mirror situation to exit out of that relationship and into a brand new one. And nobody questions it. And then the smear campaign continues once the relationship is over and they're creating these allegations, the things that you've said or done, they want to punish you. They can't take responsibility and it will always be you that's the problem. Another tactic that you might recognize is word salad. It's a form of communication that really doesn't make sense. It doesn't progress into a discussion and there'll be no outcome. It's done in various different ways. It could be a combination of circular conversations, projecting and blame shifting. It's all done in an attempt to confuse you and to gain power and control over you and the conversation. The conversations really don't make sense. And um, when you try to understand what's actually being said, uh, your, as your brain's trying to catch up, they've actually moved it into a different direction. They might have brought up some of your wrongdoings as an attempt to cover up their bad behavior and they then play the victim. And if you've tried to be part of the conversation, which is really just one-sided and rhetorical, you were told perhaps to stop interrupting them. And when they did allow you to speak, they speak over the top of you confusing you even further and you possibly end up giving up wondering what happened and leaving them feeling powerful. Another tactic that you might recognize is walking on eggshells and this term is used to describe the way you behave around the abusive person, it being very careful not to upset them or cause a narcissistic rage. You might have tiptoed around them or a situation in order to protect yourself. It might be that you were trying to protect your children or the people around you. You avoid saying something or you avoid doing something in order to keep the peace, not wanting to wake that, uh, that monster. Any abuse is horrific, but emotional abuse is silent. And it usually isn't until you're out of the relationship that you start to realize what's actually happening. And even then you start to question it, whether it is your fault. You live in an unknown fear. You might be jumping at the slightest sound, anticipating their needs. Then these include a change in the atmosphere around them and jumping in by fawning. 
I was a shell of my former self and I'd lost everything. I was broke and I was broken. And I was stuck in a cycle of questioning and doubting myself. If only I'd said, if only I hadn't said, maybe if I'd done, maybe if I hadn't done. And I believed it was all my fault. And this went on for a very long time. The first part of healing is dealing with the trauma bonding. And then I realized the outcome really wouldn't have changed. If I'd said and done anything differently, it would, I was still going to be in this position. And I also realized that closure wasn't something that I was going to get from this relationship. I believe the emotions that we feel are trapped trauma and we experience them over and over again until we remove them completely from our bodies. And we need to get to the core issue of these, uh, to the root cause. And it's much like a Veruca, and I talk about this a lot. If a tiny part of a, the root of a Veruca is left, it lays dormant until it's triggered again. And this is exactly what happens in these relationships. If you don't get to the root of the trauma, which is very likely actually came from childhood, and these uh, the abuser comes in and triggers you, then you continue to invite these people in unknowingly into your life. And it's my personal belief that this person has come into you, your life to help you heal. They've come in to show you where your wounds are and you can turn this into a gift, I promise you, you can. I personally haven't met anybody who hasn't experienced one of these relationships or ha hasn't had an abuser in their life and experienced emotional abuse that hasn't experienced childhood trauma. But I have heard a story of one person, uh, so I'm not saying it is 100% that you have experienced childhood abuse because you might be another person that will say, no, my childhood was amazing. And if you're stuck trying to understand whether you've been in a, a, an emotionally abusive relationship, because I know people oscillate backwards and forwards was it really abuse was it really my fault what i encourage you to do is i'm going to if you haven't got my book the 80 set of emotional abuse i will put the link below you can use that i will also put um, a, a link to an article that i wrote on thrive global which was the start of the a to z of emotional abuse it was a, a short article with some of the terms and what i encourage you to do is ground yourself sit somewhere where you are when you're not in your head Make sure you're grounded, box, breathe, and then start to write out your relationship and write out what happened. And it might be that you're at a wedding or it might be there was uh, events at birthday parties or every Christmas this happened. And whenever somebody turned up or they might have disappeared. So start looking and, uh, at your relationship and write that story out. And then you get the article or my book and flick through and you go through each situation and you say, okay, that was blame shifting. It was my fault. It was gaslighting. That was a word salad. There's circular conversations. That was the abusive cycle. I can see the pattern of the abuse where I was idolized, where I was devalued and where I was discarded. And as you start to pull that together, you start to see the abuse. In your body, you can call it out as abuse. In your head, your mind has been tricked to believe abuse was love. So it's really vitally important during this part of the healing process that you stay as grounded as you can to encourage the healing and to look at the wounds. The wounds will be evident to you because that's where the pain is in your body. And don't be confused because you haven't got a bruise or you can't see something. 
it's it's there emotional abuse is a wound that's held within your body emotional trauma is also a wound that's held within your body they will talk to you you can have honest conversations with them the moment you want to reach out and make contact with the person that's abusing you you can talk to that wound and i'll put a link to my course it stops here it stops now because in that course i teach you how to have those honest conversations and that is life-changing i promise you if you want to reach out please do you can do that via the divorcesanctuary.com and there's a contact page that you can send me an email i'm sending you loads and loads of love until next time